0: everybody we want to welcome you to church welcome you happy Sabbath to you how is everyone feeling today praise the Lord praise the Lord it's really an honor to be in your presence today it's always an honor when we come together to praise the name of the Lord amen And so today as we come, we are going to be opening up the Word of God and we want the Word of God to be real in our lives. And we are so uh, thankful for what God has been doing um, this week. And we know that as we open the Word of God, there is power. There is power, there is healing in the Word of God. Amen? And so it's it's so great to see uh, so many of us coming out this week. Um, I know that it is a tough thing for you to sacrifice your time to come out this week and just uh, and just spend a little time. but you know it's always a good thing when we turn our focus on the sanctuary on the word of God. Amen. Yes. And so it's truly as we come together tonight, uh, to this morning, it's truly an honor to know that we are not alone. We're in the presence of an awesome God. And He is the one that woke us up this morning. Amen? Amen. He is the one that got you on your feet. Amen. He is the one that's keeping your heart beat. Amen? Amen. And so I pray that um, before you all fall asleep, We want to engage you in the Word of God, and we want this to be an active movement because the Word of God truly is a movement. Amen? Let us uh, at this time stand, and I want you to turn with me to a wonderful book. It's the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verse Fifteen, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. When you have found this text, I want you to say amen. 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 We have some Bible scholars in our midst here. It's fine. Yeah, I'm fine. It's not on screen. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 and 16 and we want to read it together I'm reading from the King James Version Bible and it says for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of her infirmities but in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for your word. We pray, Father, that your word will come alive today and that indeed, Lord, you will give us the impetus to come boldly unto the throne of grace. We truly have a high priest and he is in the sanctuary above and he's interceding for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. We pray, Father, that you will touch down here, that you will just feed your people. Hide me behind Calvary's cross, Lord, that the words that I speak and that the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Let all the people say, Amen. 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 Please be seated. Praise the Lord. Over this last um, week we have focused on uh, the study of the sanctuary. And uh, as we looked over um, this topic over these last days, uh, the sanctuary service was, as we saw, was the center of the Jewish system, the Jewish economy, or as some would say, the culture. What is so important? back then is, is that in the sanctuary is found the very presence of God and it also served as a source of protection for God's people throughout the wilderness last Sabbath we started off with the, the subject the ultimate sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice and we had that with the communion service Uh, Last Wednesday night, we talked about the four tabernacles. And as we understood that in this, the the tabernacle service that we, this started from Eden where uh, the Garden of Eden, that was a a type of sanctuary. And we had also a priest uh, in the Garden of Eden in Adam. And he was assisted by his wife. And then afterwards, we saw that uh, from these tabernacles, with these four tabernacles, starting from Eden, going on to Noah's Ark, going on to the mobile Mosaic Temple, and then the Salmonic Temple. And then we focus on one that came that uh, cleansed the temple, which is the great Messiah. And he promised that there was going to be a temple that was going to come on this earth. And it is the new Jerusalem that was going to descend that we are looking for to the descendants up on the earth. We saw on Thursday that there was that street fighter, the ultimate street fighter, and he was Jesus Christ. As we focus on the sanctuary and we saw very clearly the sanctuary message, right in the, in the sanctuary message, we saw that Jesus Christ came in the 2300-day prophecy. He came AD 27, and when he came, he came to bring hope and salvation to each and every one of us. He came to tell us that we can make it. Because he showed us how to make it, the ultimate street fighter. And what we saw in in this message is that Jesus, even through the struggles that Jesus went through, he went through the struggles for you and me to help us down here to give us hope in this outer court to know that we can make it in the heavenly realms. Amen? And so it was a very powerful message but last night we saw the message and does anyone remember, do you remember what the message was all about? It was about what? Enemy within. Enemy within. within. And we saw very clearly that in heaven when God created um, the heavens and the earth and everything and he created a being called Lucifer, and Lucifer made a devil out of himself. And we saw this in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 28, where um, Lucifer, he was so caught up in his beauty that it corrupted him. And we saw in Revelation, chapter 12, that war broke out in heaven. And this war loomed so hot that Satan and his angels had to be cast out. And they were cast out to this earth. And we see that Satan over through time, he has been infiltrating various systems. And he's been causing all kind of divisions right in all different institutions of men. There is always an enemy within trying to wreak havoc in, uh, in, in Christianity. And we see that very clearly that he is working even now on the church. There's confusion in the church down here. There is confusion right now where um, people, they are worshiping all kind of different things. And if I should outline some of the things that people are worshiping, you will be shocked. Yes, we know that we have the church of Satan. We know that we have uh, the church of Wicca. You know, and I call it the church of Wicca because that's basically what it is. In in the sanctuary of Wicca where they sacrifice children to gain power. They sacrifice children to Satan to gain power. And we have all kinds of different secret societies, secret temples, doing all kinds of different things in the name of their gods. Men turning their backs to God and so Satan is trying to bring corruption in this world he's working through the music industry he's working through the movie industry he's working in every different institution to bring corruption upon this world and so as God's people we need to be vigilant and we, we need to be wise and understand that there is a God in heaven that is interceding for us and He doesn't want us to be caught up in the system, in all of that stuff. This morning, we're going to be looking at an awesome message. And as we look at this message um, this morning, this was our quiz question from last night. As we look at our, uh, the, the, the message uh, this morning... I want you to focus on this, what I've shared with you on Wednesday evening. Actually, it was on Thursday evening I showed you this, this um, slide, where we see very clearly that this series that we're going through here, Thy Kingdom Come, it is a prayer that is a prayer through the sanctuary of God. And so we see very clearly here that the Lord... Uh, told his disciples uh, how to pray. And when he told his disciples how to pray, we see this where it's, it gives, he gave this the Our Father prayer where he says Our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name. And we see that this started off in, in the throne in heaven where God is directing us to pray towards Our Father. He's not asking us to pray to any man down here any priest down here any prophet down here any church down here he's asking us to pray to our father which art in heaven and we understand that the name of God is holy the holy name of God I told you that back then in Israel it was they reverence the name of God they didn't just call the name of God in fact it was only certain individuals that could call the name of God because the name of God was to be reverenced and so hallowed be thy name when we come into God's presence we must recognize we come in the presence of a holy God amen it's so strange down here we tend to reverence others or the name of others but when it comes to God's name It's nothing. If President Obama was sitting in here, our word went out that President Obama was here, this church would be packed. You'd have individuals sitting on the floors. You would have people forcing their way into all the different crevices just to catch a glimpse of the president. Uh, They would be trying to get a picture with him. Individuals will be taking out their, their cameras and, and in, in a very unique way they will be trying to get the president in the picture with themselves, right? <laughs> to say that they were at abundant life with the president. The president is just a mere man. Amen. He sits on the same toilet yeah. just like you and I, or maybe it is gold plated for him. <laughs> mine is just wooden or something like that right but you get the picture right the president is just a mere man but when we think of God, God is greater than the president he is greater than the queen he is greater than any king that you can ever imagine even the king of Jordan even though he's so rich right even though I'd like to have an audience with him and I understand when you go and visit these such monarchs, uh, they, they like to give gifts of gold. <laughs> I wouldn't mind the gold, right? But let me let you know that salvation is greater than any gold that you could ever imagine to have. Amen? And so we have to understand that when we come into God's presence, that is, that is where the power is. And so Jesus directs his His disciples, this is how you ought to pray. And he directed them to the throne. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. This is where we got our name for the series, right? Mm -hmm. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen so we start in the sanctuary, we come out into the holies, then we come at the the entrance of the holies, thy will be done on earth, and then we are in here. Give us our daily bread as 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 and, and we see right there where we ask for forgiveness and the forgiveness come right there at the, at the incense, the table of incense. And lead us not into temptation where there is intercession that is happening where the menorah, the candlestand is. And, but deliver us from evil as we enter the veil. And for thine is the kingdom, yours, O Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The Lord's prayer is a prayer through the sanctuary. And I want to encourage God's people for us to recognize this and understand that God is so powerful. He is so mighty. And as we look here, um, we come here, Last week we had a cleansing, we washed ourselves, washed our hands, we entered into the sanctuary, and we had communion, communion with the Lord. Amen? And it was a powerful, powerful, powerful experience. As we look back, we see very clearly, you can remove this now. As we look back, we see very, very clearly that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And if we could understand the plan that God has for our lives right now, and if every one of us are living according to God's plan for our lives right now, where would we be? Just imagine the blessings that you will receive. Just imagine if we align ourselves with God's Plan, Amen? Great things will occur. Amen? Amen? Now, we're removing the screen here because uh, individuals have said they want to see into the sanctuary, right? So I want to present the sanctuary to you, the holy of holies and all. Nothing is blocking you. If you could understand the plans that God has for you, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29, God says, I know the plans that I have for you. God has a plan for your life, and He wants this to be unfolded in your life. He wants you to have a wonderful experience with Him, and I want you to understand that even though that we do not have a sanctuary down here, literally, where we come to uh, give us uh, to sacrifice a lamb daily, even though we don't have this. Even though this whole institution of the sanctuary right here down on earth is done away with, and we are focusing on the heavenly sanctuary, even though it's not, we have such a high priest as our scripture text tells us. Who is, who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And I want you to know, as, as they were traveling, they had to set up tent. They had to set up the tabernacle. In the very same way, we are still traveling. And as we're traveling, we need to focus on what is happening in the heavenly sanctuary above. We have a great intercessor that is interceding for us. God is so interested in your personal battles and also your corporate battle battles so many times we go to God for big things but even God is interested in the little things he's interested in every single prayer even a little child a little child that is Trying to learn to tie his shoelace. That little child could pray and ask God for help just to help me, help me to understand to tie my shoelace. Just even little things that we take for granted, God is so interested in that. And so today, as we highlight some of these things, we're going to be looking at this. And the title of the message this morning is Sibling Rivals our sibling rivalry. And so we understand that in families, at, at times, we have certain tensions. If there's a brother or a sister, someone is saying amen. If there's a brother or a sister, right? Sometimes, uh, you know, if you have uh, two uh, young ladies growing up in, in a home and, and they're a similar age, they tend to fight over clothing. Yeah. They, need to, they tend to fight over the hair grease or fight over shoes. Yeah, shoes is a good thing, right? Yeah. You know that, right? And so sometimes, you know, these little things that they fight over leads into a, a rivalry. And sometimes they grow up and, you know, the, the, the families are rivals. You know, they're fighting against each other. And so we understand what this is, especially for those of us that have brothers and sisters. Now, I am the eldest of all my brothers and sisters, so what I say goes. (laughs) But if they were here, they would say, what are you talking about? (laughs) But when we understand this, we see in, in, the Word of God, that uh, there have been some rivals, some battles that have occurred. And we want to talk about this in the context of our theme uh, this, um, in this series. And so when we look back at this, I want you to focus here on the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 12. And in the book of Numbers we see a very interesting um, message that is coming out of this. Where the people of Israel, they were traveling through the wilderness. Their direction was towards Canaan. They were told that they had to travel and leave Egypt. They were traveling towards this promised land and they were, they were told that they had to claim this land. But as they were traveling, they encountered various battles. You see, the prophet Moses, he was uh, a leader in his own right. But as he was leading, there at times there will be squabbling among the people. At times, the people will say, Moses, we're hungry. We're hungry and we want food. You know, and we, we are not satisfied with, with just the, the ordinary food that we're getting. We want to have the real food. We want meat. You know, it's always interesting when I go out with some of my uh, meatitarians. <laughs> and I'm a vegetarian. Uh, and, you know, I want to go to a vegetarian or a vegan restaurant. You know, but my fellow um, workers, and I want to say some are ministers, <laughs> uh, they, they said, no, no, we want to we go where we could get a steak. We want to go where we can get some chicken. And we want it jerked up in some cases, right? And, and so... These individuals, right, they want to go, but I I, want to, you know, get some good vegan food, and sometimes there's a conflict, but I want you to understand that this conflict was also in Israel. They had conflicts in different, different areas and over food, over who is going to be the ruler, who is going to be the leader, you know, who is the greatest. They had all kind of different conflicts. But in the book of Numbers here, we see a conflict that was a very unique one. And I want you to look at verse 1. And it says, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of what? Because of the Ethiopian woman. Now, who was that Ethiopian woman? Uh, his wife. An Ethiopian woman who was his wife. And does anyone know what what kind of people come from Ethiopia? Huh? They say black people. In, in fact, all of Africa was called Ethiopia at one time. All of Africa, right? And so... There was a squabble, and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Now this was Jethro's daughter. Remember Jethro, when, when Moses ran away from Egypt after killing that man, right? That he killing that fellow Egyptian, and he ran away, and he, in his running, Somehow he ran into the, his wife's arm, <laughs> arms. He got married to, uh, to this woman, right? And so they were squabbling over this Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And it repeated it again. In verse 2, And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Moses. Hath he not spoken also by us, aren't we prophets and prophetess as well? In fact, I am, as Aaron would say, I am the high priest, right? Come on. And the Lord heard it while Aaron and Miriam were talking. And they were talking, remember, they were of the Levite order. And so they were around, and so God heard it. because I don't know if they were close to the tent, or they were out of the tent door, or they were at the courtyard. But somehow when they spoke, the Lord heard it, the scripture says. And it says, now the man of Moses was very meek above all men that were on the face of the earth. And so he had a meek countenance. He was not a fighter. He did not get into arguments. He will hear people talking about him and he will just let them talk because he knew that the battle indeed was not his. He knew that the battle was the Lord. He knew that he was not going to be fighting and getting in any of these little, you know, trivial arguments. Let them fight. Let them fight over leadership. I have a God that is fighting for me. You see, Moses, you know, from his perspective, he saw the power of God. He was the one that saw God turn an ordinary rod into a serpent and turn it back into a rod. He was the one that saw the Lord open the Red Sea. He was the one that actually had the experience where God spoke to him face to face. He was the one that saw the awesome presence and glory of God. Moses, from his vantage point, he knew something that they didn't know. My fellow Christian, my fellow travelers, it's very important. Others will, that do not have know God as you do, they will come against you. They will talk you down, they will say all kind of things against you, they will even gossip on you, but you know, don't worry about them because it is who you know, and the fact that you have that divine hookup, you know God for yourself, you don't have to worry about anything. People will be hating on you because of your talent, because of your success, because of your, that you're a spiritual person and you're walking in holiness. People will hate on you. Don't worry about the people. As my great aunt said at uh, my, our wedding, the people will always talk. They will always be chattering people. Don't worry about them. And so the scripture says that Moses was a meek man above all the men that were on the face of the earth. There was no one else that was as meek as Moses. Amazing. And so when we understand this now, we see that, you know, just at God, as God led Moses to deliver his people out of, out of captivity, God had... Had led Moses to his wife. So Moses knew to choose what kind of wife because Moses was led by God. Amen. And so if, if God trusted Moses in that way, right, why, why are you talking about his wife, right? And so this agreement... Occurred disagreement occurred around the tabernacle, and as as we saw here in verse two, and so when we understand this, Moses' wife was the bone of contention with Miriam and Aaron. The words state that it was because of his wife. Now understand that Miriam was who to Moses was his older sister. Remember in that story where Moses was hidden in, that, in the Jordan and, and she made a, a basket and put him in? That was Miriam. She was like his second mother, the older sister. How many of you guys are older sisters here, right? I see Sister Yancey put her hand first, boy. <laughs> older sisters, watch out, right? You right? I I know, I've seen older sisters work, right? So Miriam was an older sister. But then we look at Joshua, Uh, we, we look at Aaron, Aaron rather. And Aaron, he was what? He was a brother, the brother of them. These were siblings. This is where we get our topic, sibling rivalry. Rivalry. And so, we see very clearly that Miriam and Aaron, they thought that they should have been in in a, in a lot of these councils. They thought, you know, they had, they had certain privileges as well, and they did, but not above Moses. And so, somehow they were feeling that they did not belong. Anymore, They weren't as close to uh, this Moses. They weren't questioning Moses' message. They were questioning his wife and how close she was to them. And so as, as this uh, brewed up, the scripture says that the Lord heard it. And as God heard it, You know what God does, you know, God does not play around when he hears something. He comes direct and he comes correct. And in verse 4, we see here that God came in a special way. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. And says, come out the three of you unto the tabernacle of the congregation. I want to talk to you. And the three came out and the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and he stood at the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forth. And he said to them, hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in vision and speak to him with dreams." If there is a prophet among you, I'm going to speak in vision and dreams. If there is. But God comes down and he further, he goes on and says, Listen, I want you to, I want you to understand now. My servant Moses, my servant Moses is not so. He's not any ordinary prophet, right? Who is faithful in all my house. With him I speak to him mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were he not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God is saying, listen, I'm speaking to Moses and I'm talking to him face to face, mouth to mouth, Let you know. He's not no ordinary prophet. I I, I send visions to these others. I I, I send dreams to these others, right? Uh, uh, The regular prophets. But Moses, I come down and I'm speaking to him face to face. Now that's powerful. When you think of it, God is rebuking these guys. And he's trying to say, listen, there is something. I have a special mission for Moses. And you got to understand what this is all about. And God is rebuking these guys and he is really bringing it down to the point and saying, Listen, you know, Moses is in a different category. So when we understand this, we see that God, how God communicated Moses. We see in Exodus chapter 33 verse 9 and 11, 9 to 11, where it says, And it came to pass. As Moses entered into the tabernacle, a cloud of pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloud of pillar stand at the door. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent. And the Lord spake, to Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto a friend." Wouldn't you like to talk to God like that? Wouldn't you like to talk to God like that, where you could talk to God face to face? Uh, This week, a pastor friend of mine, we climbed this mountain. I believe you call it Black Mountain here. And we climbed up this mountain and we got to the peak. And we looked out and we saw the, the vast spans of Vegas. And we prayed this prayer. We said, "Lord, we know that you hear our prayer. Give us Vegas. Give us this city. Let Vegas be turned over to a city as to turned over to be a city of God. Give us Vegas." And we cried out to God, "Give us Vegas." And I imagine I was—we were on this mountain, and we cried out, and God came down in a cloud. And God says, "It is done." Can you imagine? Can you imagine how you feel? I mean, just this is what Moses experienced. He went on the mount, and he heard God speaking. He heard the very commandments of God. I am the Lord thy God, that brought thee out of the land of Egypt. The Lord is giving the commandments. The Lord is saying, listen, you shall not have any other gods before me. He's giving his laws, his laws that cannot be changed. God is going and says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And, and he's going all the way through and he's telling them the commandments honor thy mother and father. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet anything that is thy name. He goes through and he's telling them the commandments. And Moses is hearing this in real time. He's not hearing it as, as, as a listening over like an, an AM radio. He's hearing the stereophonic sound of God's voice, real time. Moses, face to face with God. Imagine that experience. And so we see that as God is, is rebuking them and telling them, say, listen, you know, he's in a different category. In verse 9, It says, now God, he told them what he had to tell them. But let me let you know that there's always a consequence to rebellion. (laughs) Even though God is a loving God, there's a consequence. And so verse 9, we see here, Numbers chapter 12, verse 9, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. Don't you go messing around with a child of God. Don't you go telling lies against a child of of God. Don't play around with God's people. Don't be a false witness. The ground will open up and swallow you up. It happened that already. God will take the breath that He is giving you as a gift. He will take it from you. He could. Don't play around with God. And it says the anger of God was kindled against them. Against who? Aaron and Miriam. Aaron Aaron and Miriam. (laughs) God was angry with the high priest. He was angry with the preacher. He was angry with the pastor. Because the pastor was not preaching as he should. The pastor was caught up in gossip even though it was the pastor's sister or the high priest's sister. He was caught up in all of that and the scripture says that God was angry. Watch out when God is angry. And so we see in the context of what it's saying here, God, his anger was kindled against them and he departed. Now I want, you to, I want to illustrate this for you. Because we understand that the scripture says that the cloud... Understand, this is open daylight. And the cloud was removed from... the. It lifted up from the tabernacle, from the temple. And it came down at the entrance. And the Lord was speaking to all three of them. And after God finished saying what He had to say... Right... After he finished saying what he had to say, the Lord immediately, it says that the cloud ascended. He just departed. He left. He left. But when he left and they looked at their state, something was wrong. Because verse 10 comes into context. It says, the cloud departed off the tabernacle and behold, Miriam became leprous. White as snow. And Aaron looked up on her and behold, she was leprous. The high priest confirmed that she, it was leprosy. And the prescription for leprosy is that she had to be put out of the camp. She had to separate herself from the camp. She was dead. The death penalty was up on her because of what she had done. I was reading up some commentators and they were asking, many questions came, why was Miriam punished and not the high priest? <laughs> I see, <laughs> Sister Jose. <laughs> yes, why? Now the interesting thing is, if you look at the narrative, remember when, when um, Aaron, he was the one that was making that molten calf, remember when Moses was tarrying in the mountain receiving the commandments, Right? And the people says, oh, come on, let's, we want to make, make a God because this man Moses, he must be eaten up by some animal in the mountain and all of that, right? And, and what they, the people pushed him and he went forth and what he did, he made, he made a molten calf and they caused all these sacrifices, young girls and so forth to go before and all of that. And so they were doing the things back in Egypt. They had reverted. They had gone back to where they were. It is like the equivalent of you were a clubber, you were a drunkard, you were a drug addict, you were a prostitute, and you were coming to church, and you were good for a couple of years, but somehow your favorite preacher left. Let me put it in context, right? Somehow your favorite preacher left. Maybe Pastor Goodloe left, or Pastor Rock left, or Pastor Leroy's left. And so your favorite preacher left, right? And this guy came from Canada, and you say, well, man, um, I ain't feeling that, you know. <laughs> I'm going back to my, what I used to do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so you go back to your old way. You know, you know you have people like that? Don't go following people. <laughs> Don't go following pastors, do not follow me, in a sense. Follow my teachings and whatever it is. And and as Paul says, follow me. That's what I'm teaching you, but please do not follow me. I may stumble (laughs) and cause you to stumble too. And so important, we see that in in the whole mix here, that in, in the context Of what was happening here is that. So Miriam, she received this curse. This leprosy in verse 11. It says now, Aaron said to Moses, Alas, my Lord. He was calling Moses his Lord. Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee. Lay not this sin upon us. Whereupon we have done foolishly. Wherein we have sinned. Please. The high priest was pleading to Moses. He was crying out to Moses because God had just told him, listen, Moses is higher than you. And he was pleading to Moses to intercede for his sister. And he pleaded, please lay not this upon we have done foolishly. We have sinned. Let us not, let her not be dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he, when he came, cometh out of his mother's womb. And he pled for his sister. He was pleading for his sister. And Moses now, who had not uttered a word yet, in verse 13 says, in a very quiet way, no, he cried unto the lord he cried unto the lord and said heal her now O lord i beseech thee and that's all he had to say heal her lord now i beseech thee he was interceding for his sister there's a message in this prayer you see moses and aaron cried out for mercy the mercy of god to save their sister we need to cry out to god of For salvation, for our spouses, for our children, for our churches, for our community, for our nation. In the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, it says, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let the ministers, the elders, and all those that proclaim the word of God weep between the porch and the altar. There are many of us right here. We are mourning for our children. And we're saying our children are drifting away, our spouses, and we wish they could come to church. We're praying for our neighbors and our cousins and so forth. And we just have ordinary prayers. But there is a prayer of weeping that is told here in the book of Joel, chapter 15, where we need to weep. We need to weep between the porch. the altar we need to get down on our knees we need to lay prostrate we need to cry to the Lord sometimes we're not crying enough and we don't mean it we're just doing it by rote but we what we got to understand just as Moses cried out and he cried out to the Lord to for healing for his sister for deliverance for a sister, for mercy for a sister. We need to do the same for our children. We gotta understand that this is a serious battle that we are fighting down here. Yes, these were siblings, but let me let you understand this, that there is a battle that is happening down here and all of these meetings that we have, yes, these are meetings, yes, but let me let you know, it is for souls. We are seeking for souls. We're seeking for souls to come out of the pit of hell. Satan is wrapping our children up. He is wrapping them up and he is confusing them. He is confining them and he wants to possess them. And as parents, we need to call a fast. We need to call a solemn assembly. We need to understand this, that this is no ordinary battle that we're fighting. Because the scripture tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's nothing that we could see. The battle is something that it, it is way beyond us. There's spiritual wickedness and plans, even generational curses that is coming into this whole thing. And we need to cry for deliverance. So Moses saw that his sister was sick, and let me let you know the sickness was not just leprosy, there was something within her that needed healing. There is something of a spiritual nature that needed deliverance. It was a mental nature, yes, but there was a spiritual there was a spiritual nature that manifested itself that when the cloud moved, the curse came, and they saw leprosy on her. If nothing had happened to her, they would have gone on just like that. But when they saw the sickness, it is when we see the cancer. Many of us were living, oh yes, we're jumping around and we're eating, doing whatever we wanna do, living any way we wanna live. But hey, as soon as the curse of C, cancer comes on us, (laughs) as soon as that deadly virus comes, It's like we automatically, we wake up and we want to reform our lives and we want to change things up. But let me let you know, the cancer started long before. (laughs) The cancer of sin is there long before. I told you a few sermons ago, when I became a father, it was a scary sight. Because I'm looking at this little kid that can't walk, that can't talk, and I'm reading the book Great Controversy at that time, and I'm like saying, Lord, you're about to come anytime soon. If persecution comes, how is he going to run? I was scared. And I used to get up at night and just lay my hand on my little baby's head, and I prayed the Lord for anointing. Prayed for deliverance. And as I prayed and I prayed, I said, Lord, I don't know what the future holds, but I want you to hold this child. I want you to bring deliverance upon this child. Please, Lord, secure him. At times I was afraid, so afraid of what may come up on this world. I prayed for my wife. And I woke up while she was in her stupor and, and she doesn't know what's happening, but I'm praying. Praying for my family, waking up 3 o'clock in the morning, praying and interceding for my family. At times, at times, church, I was impressed to leave home and come and pray. Pray for the church. When I first came here, I was impressed to call the first elder up (laughs) Now, Elder Brown thought I was crazy. He said, I don't know where this guy, right? (laughs) Called the first elder up and I said, well, uh, Elder Brown, we need to go to the church and pray. (laughs) (laughs) And and faithful, Elder Brown woke up and he came to the church. It was like four, I don't know, four four o'clock in the morning. And we prayed. And we prayed for the church. We prayed for God's anointing. I'm telling us people, we need to understand the time that we're living in. This whole sanctuary thing here, it's an example, but I want you to understand that we're in the court here, and we could walk around, this is the earth, this represents the earth, we could walk around, we could enjoy ourselves and everything, but there is a time When the great Messiah, the great Yeshua is going to be coming back and he is going to say it is finished and he is going to part that curtain and he is going to come out from that curtain for that last time because he is going to come to conclude everything. He is going to come into the holies and he is going to come out with all his angels and the Bible tells us that every eye shall see him and he's going to be coming down with full glory and might and he is going to come and he's going to take his own anyone that is ready to go he will take anyone that is not ready will die and that will be eternal that will be doomed forever forever there's not going to be a repeat I know there's some religions that say there's going to be a second chance there's no second chance This is the only chance Jesus is telling us right now that we need to get people, everyone ready from our families. We need to get our communities. We need to get our homes. We need to get our churches. We need to get everything ready because Jesus Christ is coming again. A church that has lost its purpose is a church that cannot pray. And I'm telling you, after this series, we need to call some all-night prayer and fasting. We need to lay prostrate before the altar. We need to get between the altar of sacrifice and the porch and lay everything before God. The Lord is coming back again. we got to pray up everything and everyone. We cannot take anything for granted. And so when Moses prayed, he prayed and eagerly he prayed for his sister and the Lord showed up. The Lord came and he, the Lord said to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, she would not be ashamed seven days, as he asked the seven days. Let her be shut out of the camp for seven days. And after, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out of the camp for seven days. And the people journeyed not. And there's a significance there. The people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. And after, the people uh, removed to Hazareth and pitch in the wilderness of Paran. But understand... The scripture says that the camp, they did not journey. They were held up for seven days. They were journeying to the promised land, but they stopped because of one person, Miriam. They stopped. She was out of the camp. She was put out of the camp because she was unclean. For seven days, the entire camp stopped. Now, what did that mean? That means that the Levites did not break down the tabernacle. That means they didn't pack up their tents. That means that everything had to stay and for seven days they had to sacrifice the lamb. For seven days the priests had to do the daily sacrifices. For seven days this had to be done because one person was out of the camp and the Lord promised Moses that he was going to heal her and God was having a healing experience within Miriam imagine Miriam out of the camp for seven days Imagine how she would have felt imagine the mercy that she uh, Would have uh, felt the mercy and the grace being out of the camp knowing that healing was promised Imagine Imagine when those seven days expired and she was brought back into the camp. She was restored Imagine that. We serve a God of restoration. Amen? Amen. We serve a God of restoration. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content in such things as you have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. God has promised that He was not going to leave you nor forsake you. He's there forever. He's in for the long haul. Are you? Are we? And so as we understand, we see all of these things that's happening in our church and all of these things where our heart is heavy for our children, our heart is heavy for our unsaved spouses and our communities. It is time for God's people to stand up. As I close out this afternoon, I think it is fitting for us to understand that we serve a god that hears everything. He hears our murmuring, he hears our complaining, he hears our bickering. In the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 16 verse 9 it says, "For the eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to shew himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him." herein thou hast done foolishly therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars the lord's eyes roams about he knows what's in your heart he knows everything about you god's people it is time for us to understand that we serve a god that is in the temple but he wants salvation to each and every one of us god is calling us into an experience it doesn't matter where you came from it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter where you're going god today says if you hear my voice do not harden your heart we have so many hard hearted hard headed hard heart people that I'm ashamed at times. <laughs> I'm ashamed at times to even consider myself. Even in the midst, when you think of it, we're just so hard, so mean. We don't want to yield to God. And God is given you free. Today, if you harden, do not harden your heart, the Lord is saying. He wants you, He wants all of you today. I believe it is time for God's people to get it right. It's time for God's people to make a comeback and understand That God loves you so much, so much, more than you could ever imagine. And He cares even about the little battles that you're going through. He cares about that. And He wants salvation to come to your house today. As you have heard this message, and you want to say, Lord... I want everything you've got. I want to be blessed. I want to be anointed. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. If this is your desire, I'm asking you to stand with me as we have a word of prayer. As you know, I cannot end this message without opening doors of the church. There are individuals in this place, they want to say, listen, I want to give Jesus a try. I want the full anointing of God, and I want to even come closer. I want to come closer to the tent of God. This represents the tent, the sanctuary of God. And if it is your desire, as you have heard the words of God, and you want to step out and you want the full anointing of God in your life. You want to yield your life to the Lord. Doesn't matter how old or how young you are. I want to invite you to come forward and I want you to just come and just touch the tent. Come closer. Come in. The Lord wants to bring deliverance to your life. Come. The Lord is calling you at this time he wants you to make a move because he has made the move for you amen and the lord wants you to come there's room there's room just come and just file right around file right around even if you want to come within come within the lord is calling you he's calling you into a brand new experience Won't you come to the Lord today? The Lord is in his holy temple, the song says. Let all the earth keep silence before him. The Lord is in his holy temple. And he is interceding for you right now. And he is ready to come right now. He's ready to come right now you. We want to encourage you to come to the Lord today, to yield all to the Lord today, because he's waiting to bless you in ways that you can never imagine. I invite you now to bow your heads as we pray, Father in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for your words. We thank you, Lord, for your power and your presence. We pray, Father, that you will step out in a special way now through the guidance of your Holy Spirit and that you will touch each and every individual standing today. We ask, Lord, that you will touch each and every individual, Lord, that is listening over the internet those who have responded to the call lord i pray that you will bless them anoint them we pray father that your anointing will be up on these individuals that came forward yielding their lives over to you father it is time now that we stand up for you you have stood up for us you're interceding for us And we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done, all that you continue to do. Bless us, Lord. Surround us with your majesty, Father. Help us to know that the sacrifice that you sacrificed on the cross was for every single one of us. None of us within the hearing of my voice, Lord, should leave here empty. Help us to leave here full, recognizing your power and your might. Lead us now, Lord. Guide us. We thank you so much, Lord, for all that you have done, all that you continue to do. We thank you. We praise you. For we come and appeal before your throne. In the name of Jesus Christ, the great Yeshua. Praise the Lord, everybody. I want you to hug the person next to you. Tonight...